I'm going to speak on the book of Jonah this morning. Jonah is a very, very short book. And uh, the message I have is running away from the call of God. Running away from the call of God. Now, God is calling all of us into a relationship with Him. He calls us to a place of repentance, calls us to a place of the forgiveness of sin, and He calls us to be part of His great family that is involved in the building of His kingdom here on earth. And many people run away from that call. God speaks to them very clearly, but they don't want to surrender and they don't want to give their lives over to the Lord Jesus because they feel that uh, if they do that, there's so much they're going to miss out on. So in a sense, there are many, many people running away from the call of God. Not only those that need to come to Christ to be born again and become new creatures, but also those that are already in the kingdom. God calls us to ministry. We're all called ministers of the new covenant, every single person. And we are here in the kingdom of God to minister and to be ministers of reconciliation. God has ordained every single one of us. And yet there are many people running away from the call of God. Now God is a very gracious God. He pursues us. He, he's after us. He brings conviction. He challenges us so that we can turn around and, and fulfill His purpose in our lives. God uh, never gives up on any one of us. And here, when we read the story of Jonah and we see things there, we'll see just how much God uh, pursues a man so that His purposes can be fulfilled. Uh, the book of Jonah, we see that God calls Jonah and says, Jonah, I want you to go down to Nineveh and I want you to go and call those people to a place of repentance because their wickedness has come before me. Now, several times in the Old Covenant, we see God looking upon a nation or a people's wickedness, and then God brings judgment upon them. But every time before God executes judgment, He executes mercy, and He reveals His grace. And so He raises up Jonah to give these people one more chance to turn around. Now, in the Old Testament, we read about prophets and priests. In the New Testament, of course, Jesus was a prophet and a priest. The priest used to come before God on behalf of the people. They would enter into that tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, and then they would bring the burden and the sins of the people before God. But the prophet would be the other way around. The prophet would hear the word of the Lord and he would bring the Lord's word to the people. And so here, God raises up Jonah to be a prophet. That he needs to go down to Nineveh and warn the people, unless they repent, he was going to bring judgment upon them. But as we read, we find that Jonah, instead of responding to the call of God, he runs away from the call of God. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly that Jonah runs away from God. Now, I don't know what Jonah was thinking, because the psalmist David had said, uh, how can we run away from God? He says, God, if I go into the highest heavens, you are there. If I go into the deepest parts of the earth, you are there. We cannot run away from God because God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. But somehow Jonah thought that he could run away from the call of God. He was disobedient to God's call. Now, uh, lots of people, uh, lives were in danger 
just because this one man failed to be obedient to the call of God, God was going to bring judgment on Nineveh. And it all depended upon Jonah responding to the call of God and coming and revealing God's mercy to those people, bringing them to a place of repentance so that God will not bring his judgment upon them. But the Bible says he runs, he goes down to a place called Joppa, and there he gets onto a boat, and he goes down in the bottom of the boat, and he falls asleep. Now, he took that boat from Joppa to a place called Tarshish. And uh, so he goes down, down to Joppa, then he goes down into the boat, and later on we see he goes down into the belly of a great fish. Now, when you run away from God, when you refuse the conviction of God's Spirit, when you are not surrendering to the call of God and you're running away, it is always down. You always go down, down, down. That's why it's so important that you and I respond to the call of God so that our lives can be transformed, that we can experience the blessing of God in our lives. And so here, uh, this man is asleep on the boat and he is going to a place called Tarshish, running away from God. Now, I want to point out seven points to you. If I don't finish, you can, uh, you've got them if you write them down. If you don't, you haven't got them either. But first of all, he sends a storm. Secondly, others suffer because of our sin. Other people suffer because we refuse the call of God. Others go through hardship because we do not listen to the call of God. Then God also sends someone to challenge us. You're running away this morning. Somewhere, sometime, God will send someone to challenge you. The fact that you're sitting here this morning, God has sent me here today to challenge you, to tell you to stop running away from Him, to stop and let Him work in your life and do a great work. Fourthly, God exposes our disobedience. Number five, He makes us face the consequences of our choices. And then number six, he reveals his grace in the middle of judgment. And then number seven, his plan always succeeds. You remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How over the years people have attacked the church of Christ. Uh, they've hounded God's people uh, into prison. They've hung them upside down. They beheaded them. And they've done all kinds of atrocities against the people of God. Even in our modern day, we see what's happening overseas right at this moment. There are people that are killing those who call themselves Christian. But I can guarantee you this morning, ultimately, the church of Jesus Christ will prevail. And the gates of hell will not be able to stop it. There is a kingdom of people that God is calling us to. A body of people that is called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It might be weak, it might be struggling, there might be some things to criticize, but ultimately it will be a church without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle, and Jesus is coming back for that church. And so, uh, yeah, we find this man in the boat, and God sends a storm. Now, I know there are some very... Uh, good, well-meaning people, they say, oh, God would never do that. 
God will never judge. God won't do this. God won't do that. And the reason why they say that, because they are ignorant of the Scriptures. They're ignorant of God's Word. God is a righteous God. He's a loving God. He's a God of grace and mercy, but He's also a God of judgment. You see it from Genesis right through to the book of Revelation that God is a holy God and that He will judge sin. Now, uh, He sends the storm, and, and so people say, well, God won't do that. Yes, the Bible says He did. He sends a violent storm. Uh, Jonah is sleeping on the boat. How do I know it is a violent storm? The scripture tells us, number one. And number two, it says those sailors on the boat, uh, that was their livelihood. That's what they were doing every single day, going from port to port. They had an understanding of the, of the seasons and of the storms. They had an understanding of, of how the sea functions. But this particular storm, the Bible says, they were absolutely gripped with fear. And every single one of them, calls upon their God to help them. Now in those days, people had many gods. People didn't bow down and serve one God. Everybody had their own God. Everybody made their own God. So all those people on the boat, uh, they were uh, calling on, onto uh, different gods, but the gods could do nothing because the gods they were calling upon cannot hear, cannot see, cannot feel, and cannot do. They were absolutely hopeless. And so they call upon that God, those gods, because of fear. But the storm does not settle because God had sent the storm. Now there was a reason why God sent the storm. He sent the storm so that Jonah can be changed, so that Jonah's direction can be changed, that Jonah can respond once again to the call of God. Now, folk, we know this morning that storms are part of life. Every single one of us experiences a storm. I'm not talking about the thunder and the lightning outside. I'm talking about stormy things that happen in our lives. We, we sometimes have storms in our relationships, husbands and wives. We have storms with the children rebelling against the parents. We have storms in the workplace. Life is full of storms, and that's just how it is. And, and there are a variety of storms. And what we need to know is how to deal and how to handle every storm that would come our way. First of all, there's storms that we've got nothing to do We've got nothing to do with it. It is a storm that someone else has created. And for some reason or other, we find ourselves in the middle of that storm. We never did anything. We are totally innocent. But we find ourselves wrapped up in someone else's storm. And then there are storms that we create ourselves. Some people have the tremendous ability always to create conflict and chaos. They live a stormy life and they always bring in a storm upon themselves and those who are close to them. Now, the only way that storm settles and goes away is when those individuals are willing to confess and own up that they are the problem of the storm and repent and then the storm will settle. And then, of course, there are storms that the devil brings our way. Storms that he brings our way, not he, he cannot harm us physically, but he brings a storm to those who have made a commitment to Christ so that he can discourage us. You see, the devil's biggest 
weapon and his biggest tool against the people of God is to discourage us. Our churches are today are full of people who are discouraged. They are defeated. Life has been tough on them. Things have gone wrong. Things have not worked out the way they expected. They have prayed. They've asked God, but somehow God has not responded in the way they want to re- Him to respond. And so the devil comes along and he says, God doesn't listen to you. God's done with you. God has overlooked you. And so he lies to people. And so they get caught up in the storm of discouragement. But I want to tell you this morning, God will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to tell you this morning uh, that even if the devil comes in along and he wants to discourage you, when Jesus was with the disciples and there was a storm, he said, don't worry, I'm taking you to the other side. God takes us through the storm. Though I walk through the valley of the death, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff, they are with me. You comfort me all the time. God sees us through the storm. But this particular storm here in the Bible is a different storm. It's a storm that God brings because he is pursuing someone that is running away from his call. You may be in that storm this morning. You may be going through something and you don't understand it. It's maybe because in your heart you have not surrendered to God. Maybe in your heart You've rebelled against the call of God. Maybe right now when you look at me, you've got some attitude even towards me, the preacher, but it's not really me. It's not really the issues of life. It's because you're in a storm and you're running away from the call of God. But I want to tell you this morning, God can change your life. And so God brings the storm upon those people. The second thing I want you to notice uh, is that others suffer because of our disobedience. Others suffer because of our sin. You see, Jonah was the one who had disobeyed God. Jonah was the one that was running away from God. And Jonah was the cause of the storm. Those sailors had nothing to do with it. They were just going about their daily work. And now all of a sudden they find themselves in a storm. They have to take all the cargo and throw it overboard. That's their livelihood. And everything is going wrong. And they're innocent but they have all been affected by the disobedience of Jonah. They are suffering the storm. They are gripped with fear. They don't know which way to turn. And all of the the problem is Jonah who's rebelling against God. Folk, listen, when you rebel against God, when you've got an attitude, I'll do as I please and nobody will tell me what to do. I want to tell you, you affect other people. You hurt other people. You break other people down. You're a stumbling block in other people's lives. You can never say that no matter what I do, I'm not affecting other people. You are. We always impact other people. There are so many young people today that have taken the wrong road and made the wrong choices and they feel they want to be free to do as they please. But somehow they don't realize that their moms and dads are broken, that they're going through difficult times, not because they did anything wrong, but because their children have made the wrong decisions. Yes, the way that you behave and the way that you walk and your rebellion and rejection and running away from God does impact other people. And folk, it's not fair. Don't say life is not fair. That's not fair. But you see, sometimes we think we sin alone. Uh, 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 That you can be alone when you sin, but you never sin alone. You always affect other people. 
Yet Jonah, uh, he just ran away from the call of God. And so God pursues him. He brings a tremendous storm. And all these sailors are going through the same thing. And they are innocent. But then God in his graciousness sends someone to challenge us. He doesn't just leave us running. He sends someone to challenge us. Why? Because he loves us. He wants to bring us back. He wants us to respond to the call. Every single one of us sitting here this morning, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. God had a plan and a purpose for my life. When I was 14 years old, my mom and dad could no longer look after me. My dad was an alcoholic. And so I went to live with my sister and brother-in-law, and they were Christians. And my brother-in-law was an alcoholic at one time too. And uh, they were Christians, and so I used to go to church with them. I went to a Pentecostal holiness church. Uh, the preacher was an American who started this church in South Africa. And I remember sitting there with my friends. We were drinking. Uh, we were doing all kinds of stuff. I was a teenage alcoholic. And we would sit there, and I would listen to the man preach. And I would know that God is talking to me. Many times I even went out, but I never really responded. And from that age, all the time I knew that, that God had a plan for my life. In fact, they prophesied over me and said that God is calling me into the ministry to be a preacher. But you know what? I ran away from God. And at the age of 25 years old, when I was rock bottom, when I'd messed up everything, when I wasted so much time, I responded to the call of God. And several years later, God put me into the ministry. And I've been in the ministry for over 40 years now. Let me tell you something. God loves us. He has a plan and he has a purpose. But the point this morning is this. I was 14 and my friend David Hell was uh, also 14. We still did the same tattoos together, the same, when we were that age. At the age of 16, he responded and he went to Bible school here in the States. He went to Holmes Bible Institute. But I went the wrong road and I wasted so many years drinking and and just messing up life. And all those years, he, he, he was a minister. Uh, he went into the ministry from Holmes Bible School. So I wasted so much time. And so the, the longer you resist the call of God, the, the more time you're wasting. Folk, we can't waste a time anymore. The world is in a desperate situation. Everywhere you look, there are problems, there are issues, there are difficulties, and we know it. We're facing it. And what this world needs today is a church that is a bright light, the church that is the salt of the earth, the church that has a solution for the problems and the issues that people are facing. And so, yeah, Jonah's sleeping. Now, he's not sleeping because God is giving him rest in the storm. God can give you rest in a storm. But not in this storm. He's sleeping because he's worn out. He's been running from God. You know, when you run from God, it wears you out. And yet he's sleeping. And so uh, they throw the cargo overboard and the captain comes and he says, where's Jonah? And, and, and they say he's sleeping down in the bottom of the boat. And he says, how can a man sleep at a time like this? Now, now, this might be out of context, but when I look at the world situation sometimes, I say, God, how can I be asleep at a time like it? How can I just go through life doing my own thing, focusing on my own thing, and forget about so many people who are in desperate need of the Lord Jesus Christ? And then I think of the church all, that, that somehow we don't care about the world sometimes. We, we're so busy and absorbed with ourselves, with our own plans, with our own visions. We're so absorbed with going to church and going through the ritual, but we're really not reaching out and touching men and women who are in desperate need 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, this is not the day to go to sleep. This is the day to wake up. This is the day of the fire of God to fall upon us. This is the day to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world because all around us there are people that are hungry and thirsty and lonely and confused and they need to hear a word that will encourage them and strengthen them. And so he goes. He says, where's, and he says to Jonah this thing, he says, why don't you call on your God? Maybe he will have mercy on us. Now, I don't think Jonah from the very beginning gave any indication that he knew the God of the Bible. I mean, he got on a boat and he went to sleep. He wasn't concerned about anybody. I think what happened, all those people on the boat called to their gods and there was no response. And so the captain, being alert, realized this man had not called upon a God yet. Maybe he's God will answer. And so uh, they ask him to call upon, upon his God to rescue them. Now, what happens then, God makes us face the consequences of our choices. Because what happens, they get, they corner Jonah and they say, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? What are your plans? And then he begins to tell them, I'm a Hebrew. And, and the God of, that created the, the, the sea and the land is my God. And I'm running away from his call. He was exposed. He was cornered. And then he was exposed. You know what? Sometimes God does that. He corners us and then exposes us. And that's for our good, never for our bad. And so they say to me, what must we do to, to calm the storm? He says, look, if you throw me overboard, the storm will stop. Now, the thing is this. Those people who were worshiping all kinds of strange gods, gods that cannot give them any hope. They tried to row the boat to the shore. They said, God, we don't want this man's blood on our hands. But afterwards they saw that the storm got more violent. They had compassion. They had mercy on Jonah, where it should have been the other way around. They should have, he should have said, I've got compassion and mercy on you because I'm a man of God. But it was the other way around. And so they say to him, how can we stop the storm? He says, throw me overboard. The Bible says that they uh, throw him overboard. And God prepares a fish. It doesn't say a whale. We call Jonah, no, it doesn't say a whale. Anywhere does it call it a whale. It could be a whale. Possibly is a whale. But we don't need to debate that. It was a great fish. It could have been a special fish, fish for the season. But anyway, God throws him overboard. And, and uh, they throw him overboard and the fish swallows him. And uh, here is Jonah running from God. Yeah, he's running as fast as he could and it's down, down, down. Now he finds himself in the belly of a fish. Now, I don't know what's inside the belly of a fish. I think it's smelly, and I think it's a lot of jelly, and what else, I don't know. But that's not a place to be. But now Jonah finds himself right in the belly of a fish. Uh, they threw him overboard. And the moment they threw him overboard, the Bible says the storm stopped. And all those unbelievers who were worshiping all these strange gods suddenly began to realize that the God of Jonah is a God of great power. And they, 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 they surrendered their lives to him. And they said, Lord, we will serve you. You see how God changed the situation around. Now there's a boat going to Ashish. Why? God loves the people in Tarshish. And so now he's got a boat full of missionaries going to Tarshish. 
to be witnesses of His grace and His power. Listen, if you don't do it, God will get the stones to cry out His glory. And so here, Jonah's in the belly of a fish in that bed. And in the belly of the fish, he realizes the mistake he's made. And he begins to speak to God and speaks about God uh, is slow to anger. And God is such a loving, kind, kind God. And, and God forgives him. God, uh, God's grace in the midst of judgment. God takes this man and transforms him. And, and God gets the, the, the fish to go and to Vomit him out. It says vomit him out. That's what the scripture says. So Jonah is spat out on the beach full of um, vomit and stuff like that. But you know what it says then? It says the second time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. You see, Jonah reached rock bottom. And when he was rock bottom, he understood the call of God and how necessary it was. And as God, as, as he gets spat out, it says the second time the word of the Lord comes to him, he goes down to Nineveh and he begins to call those people to repentance. And the Bible says 120,000 people in that place turn from their sin, turn from their wickedness, and they turn to the living God because of the words spoken by the prophet Jonah and God withholds his judgment. Folk, never say you as an individual, you're not important. Never say to yourself, I have no impact. If you notice, this was one man and yet thousands and thousands of people could have come under the judgment hand of God if, if he continued in his rebellion. But thanks be to God, in the midst of the mercy and the revelation of God's grace, he turns around, his life is transformed, and they are saved. Let me tell you, when God brings a storm into your life, that storm will not stop until you stop running. As long as you run from God, that storm will continue. And so here in this passage of Scripture, we see a great story of a man who ran away from God's call and then returned to the call of God. God is calling you this morning. This may be the first time you've come to church. Uh, you're not familiar with Christianity, but God is calling you. Come unto me all ye the labor and the heavy laden and I'm gonna give you rest. Will you respond to the Lord this morning? Young person, will you make a decision while you're young? Don't waste years. Turn to the Lord while you're young. God will bless you and God will uh, uh, work in your life and God will transform you so that His purpose will be fulfilled in your life. Your destiny will be wonderful. You'll be a man and a woman of destiny. Some of you need to respond to the call of God in your life. Even though you're a Christian, you need to respond to that call today. Don't run. Running is going down. God is gracious and merciful. And so, yeah, we see the importance of one man. Every one of us counts.